The Free For All Roundtable. Round one. On round one, Toronto City Councillor Shelley Carroll is here. Vas Bedden, our Executive Director of the Master of Public Policy and Digital Society at McMaster University. John Torrey Jr., Aviation Executive, is here as well. Actually, John, if I can ask you off the top, we've heard that uh, air traffic is being slowed down at Pearson Airport this morning. I have to think that's not really about takeoff and landing, which can be done on instruments. It's more about navigating at runway level. But I, you know, what do I know about aviation? So it's actually both. Um, but the very, very short answer is when you when the planes can't literally look out the window and see each other or when the people in the control tower can't see for very long uh, what is the separation, the, the distance and time between the aircraft, they have to increase it by in order to have a safety measure. So whereas before you could launch a plane every 12 seconds or 20 seconds because they, the planes can look out and avoid each other for that initial phase of flight. That and have one mile between them, that has to be increased to five. I think it's five miles. It's called trail in trail separation in order to make sure that nobody's ever too close to each other. All right. You learn stuff every day on News Talk 1010. Uh, listen, Shelly, I want to take advantage of you being here and uh, confront you hey. with one of your colleagues. Uh, Josh Matlow yesterday decided, uh, in his own estimation, to school John Tory about special powers. You impugned the privilege of this assembly. By requesting that Premier Ford provide you undemocratic minority rule powers that are unprecedented in any democratically elected body anywhere in the world. How dare you? <laughs> okay, Shelley Carroll, how did that go over at council? I mean, it's supposed to be this glorious day. It's like the first day at school. Everybody's got their new shoes. They're all excited. Everyone's being sworn in. And then Josh Matlow picks a fight with the mayor. Yeah, it, it went over, uh, it landed like a lead balloon. Um, really, uh, there there are so many other opportunities. We, we have uh, a council session today to have an update on another piece of provincial legislation, and that, that's a more business meeting, not a meeting where all the new councillors have their mums and grandmas and kids there. Uh, it was very ceremonial, and so it really was inappropriate. And, and it became anticlimactic because in a prepared speech that I prepared long before, as the mayor read out his inaugural address, he very much addressed the issue of the new powers. People have concerns. There's no question about it. Big concerns. And But the mayor let us know that, that you know, the thing just happened. And right now, staff are working on uh, uh, a briefing and a report to bring forward in our very first full business meeting in December that will... You know, take a set of parliamentary rules and wrap these special powers in cotton wool and make make clear to people uh, the the rare examples under which they would be used. And and so that was already there. And Josh gave this this very serious speech at an inappropriate time, demanding that the mayor tell us how these powers would be used. Well, that, that's exactly what he intends to do, but at the right time. So this was really just a. a an attempt to grandstand at that at, at a meeting where no one else would you could count on no one else standing up to do the same thing. Uh, Vas Bednar, maybe timing's the issue because I have to say that I agree with some of the things that Josh Matlow had to say. If you have special powers and you vow never to use them, then maybe surrender them. I mean, and maybe I'm getting too DC comics about this. 
DC Comics surrender. You know, I don't mind the timing of of him bringing these things up. I think it very much reflects what's on the minds of many people in Toronto and wanting to cut through um, the kind of pomp elements of of bringing back counsel and and get to the heart of issues that are freaking people out. Um, and yeah, this is a wait and see approach. I do think people appreciate hearing more about whether and when and how Mayor Tory intends to potentially use these powers. But I also think we've done a very poor job overall of articulating to everyday people how this new ability benefits uh benefits them. So people will be watching it closely as they should. Okay. And John Tory Jr., there's the slight possibility you might have a conflict on this particular story, but knock yourself out. I just want to know where the hell was Matt Lowe when I was getting yelled at for not having my homework done. Because, you know, <laughs> could have used one of those points of order. No, nothing to add. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Let's keep moving. Um, and actually, John, I'll start with you on uh, reports out this morning that apparently the Ontario line, which is going to connect the fairgrounds to the Science Museum, um, that it's going to cost maybe double, in which case it's probably going to be triple. Yeah, and I mean, so my first question is what's in those costs? Because if this is one of those contracts where the entire operation and retirement of the line or retirement back to the next contract is included, it's it's probably in the realm of, of reasonable and normal. And it's also one of those things I bet if they'd built it 15 years ago, it would have been $10 billion. And if we wait 15 more years, it'll be... 40 and I, I i just i'm just glad it's getting built it's desperately needed transit in toronto and i hope that whatever formula they come up with for partnership and funding and operation they find a way to just keep building transit once this thing is materially complete or opened or whatever like once those machines go on the ground the tunnel machines just keep keep building stuff and build more and build the next one and keep reporting on the financials and as it changes we'll get an understanding of what's happening yeah vast bandner i have to think that um, you know, why don't we just double the budget for every public project off the top, double the timeline <laughs> off the top, except maybe doing that would actually lead for lead it to be even bigger. You know, that wouldn't be the worst idea. There's some strange aspects, and uh, Shelley is more familiar with them than me, than I'm sure, of how we do that kind of public procurement, right? We really end up privileging low bids as well as past experience. But what we don't look at is assigning a score or a difference over time between what a project was quoted. This goes for, you know, tons of public architecture too, and what the final actual retail cost was. So we've almost built in a perverse incentive to claim that a project will cost a certain amount mm -hmm. and then once a contract is awarded there's really no i mean financial penalty of course there is because we're paying so much more but uh, to the firm itself you could i would i would venture it ends up being almost a form of false and misleading advertising so we do have to maybe rethink the contracting stage and how we're doing projections and estimates that said there are checks and balances built in there and often kind of other firms that that look at the costing but I, i'd like to see more repercussions for firms that go dangerously over budget and and how we can articulate that anyway sorry yeah. for rambling so no, much about no, that no. shelly yeah. i don't know if you wanted Offering to jump in there respect. go ahead shelly well, uh, yeah that's going to be down the road uh if they go beyond the cost they're now now talking about in the procurement phase that that's going to be the real problem but i'm not surprised at, at this differential because you know the ontario line was 
very quickly proposed. And we knew, you know, those in the know knew from the very beginning, that's, that's a gross underestimate of what it will cost to run a subway line through the middle of the downtown core of Toronto. Uh, but I think, mm. you know, to very quickly move from, from, you know, the much shorter downtown relief line that the city was planning and had, had done a lot of studies on, they sort of piggybacked that, came to a per, per kilometer estimate and said, we can do this instead, and it will cost this much per kilometer. But they they were not basing it on any study of digging through the downtown core because no one had studied doing that. And so we knew from the very beginning that that these, these costs were going to radically change. And, and this is what governments do so often. They shoot themselves in the foot by selling the public on, here's something we can do with a real, you know, paper only estimate of what it might cost. And in procurement, things get very, very real. So what you're looking at now is the real value engineering done, dusted by by uh, companies using all those procurement rules. And we're, we're getting closer to what it's really going to cost. But people do still want this line. And so, you know, as, as John says, uh, uh, you know, while we're concerned about the cost and they've got to do their best not to go over, no one wants them to stop. Um, quickly on, on the transit file, because Shelley, you're well informed on it. Uh, we're learning that in Montreal, kids and seniors are going to ride public transit for free. I know kids under 12 can do that here, but not seniors. Uh, is that a workable thing, especially given that the TTC is so badly funded right now? We, we've done as much as we can for families by making making kids free to make sure that low-income families can can uh, get around the city. But um, those systems that have those types of fare discounts have something that Toronto doesn't have. Toronto is in a situation that no other major transit system in North America is in, in that we don't have predictable day-to-day operating funding coming from our provincial or state government. Uh, Montreal gets money from Quebec, Vancouver, provincial money, Calgary and Edmonton, provincial money. We've had we've had great help from both orders of government to get through COVID, more from the federal government than the provincial government. But we have been asking for 20 years now to return to the good old days of Bill Davis when we had predictable, ongoing, day-to-day operating help from the provincial government. And that would allow us to properly serve low-income riders. Um, the con- back to the convoy protest and uh, the lawyer who represents effectively people who participated in the convoy protests has been advancing this theory that any negative flags you may have seen, Nazi flags, Confederate flags, were actually planted. As a matter of fact, it's a fairly elaborate um, thing that they're arguing. They're insisting that the federal liberals went out and hired a Toronto-based marketing and PR firm in order to do this. Um, John Tory Jr., yesterday the judge said, that's it, we're not going to investigate this. Is he stonewalling on behalf of his liberal masters or shutting down a dumbass theory? Shutting down an absolutely asinine dumbass theory. I I am so sick of this world we live in where it's it's the both sides concept where we sort of say, well, both sides need to be heard and that, that that gives credibility to either side of the equation these people were walking around with nazi flags after having parked their trucks in hot tubs for three weeks and you know and somehow that gets turned into well we need to say our side and and then they don't even have the guts to own it they're sitting there trying to blame other people in these really strange bizarre no it's asinine 
Yeah, Vaz, I mean, I've been researching these alternative history um, theories forever, and they've become a fever dream right now, especially in the United States. Mm. And the worst part of it is someone advances a theory for which there is no proof and then says that we have to disprove it. No, you have to prove it. Yeah, that's... I think a very novel jump from where these where this misinformation spreads and how right online to bring it into and touch the court system i think is becoming uh unfortunately a little bit more normal but how we deal with this now is very important so i appreciate how the judge is responding and uh agree with john with maybe saying the ass word a little bit (laughs) okay well it's been a saucy edition thank you all very much good to have Shelley Carroll, Toronto City Councillor Vas Bednar uh, from McMaster, and John Tory Jr., Aviation Executive. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.